Emerson Green. So, naturalists, according to David Papineau, author of the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy entry on naturalism, urge that reality is exhausted by nature, containing nothing supernatural. Naturalism has no very precise meaning in contemporary philosophy beyond this, along with an emphasis on science as a means to understand the natural world. Naturalism is the view that there is only the natural world. Reality is exhausted by nature. Thank you for listening. I've been Emerson Green, and I'll talk to you next time. Really, though, I think this simple definition gets the job done, and the rest of this episode will be spent navigating potential objections and defending this straightforward conception of naturalism. So, naturalism is the view that there is only the natural world. Reality is exhausted by nature. But what is the natural world? That's the real question. The term naturalism is a bit like the term theism. It's not meaningless, but it's not terribly informative. To put it mildly, many theists don't agree on the nature of God. Does that mean that theism is a meaningless term that should be discarded? No, it just means theism is a more general term. Joseph Smith, the Prophet Muhammad, Billy Graham, and Deepak Chopra are all theists. They all subscribe to theism. Why can't naturalism be a similarly big tent? The term theism derives from the Greek theos, meaning God. Godism doesn't sound quite as illuminating, but that's essentially what theism means. The sentence, Godism is the view that God exists, is identical with theism is the view that God exists. Those mean the same thing. So why should the sentence, naturalism is the view that there is only the natural world, be held to a different standard? Sure, naturalism isn't the whole story. To explain the substance of their views, naturalists will need to elaborate further. And similarly, everyone understands that theism isn't the whole story. Further elaboration is required. And yet, despite this, theism is not a meaningless weasel word, hopelessly circular, or anything of the sort. So, you're a theist. God exists, but what do you mean by God? Are you a polytheist, a pantheist, a Mormon, a Catholic? Theists don't agree on the nature of God. Similarly, naturalists disagree on the question, what is the natural world? And what is meant by natural? Though our disagreements haven't led to bloodshed, at least not yet. Since no one sees a problem with the word theism, and understands that a Mormon and a Hindu can both be theists without rendering the term theism meaningless, I see no reason to treat naturalism any differently. Panpsychists and reductive materialists can both be naturalists, since both of their positions are compatible with the view that reality is exhausted by nature. So I want to examine a few definitions of naturalism that have been offered, and these may illuminate the question, what is nature? Some naturalists seem to think that naturalism means physicalism, but I don't think that's right since we already have a word for physicalism. Even if we agreed that the natural is exhausted by the physical, the physical is similarly elusive and indeterminate. 
Like the term theism, physicalism and naturalism immediately run into the problem of defining physical and nature, questions which are only slightly less contentious than the nature of God. While some naturalists like Dan Dennett think that phenomenal consciousness doesn't exist in the natural world, it's absurdly narrow to exclude anyone who thinks phenomenal consciousness exists from the naturalist camp. The issue of what is the natural world is far from settled. A specific hypothesis or set of hypotheses about what the natural world consists of should not get to lay exclusive claim to naturalism. And drawing a line in the sand when it comes to consciousness seems especially absurd. To quote Wygon Kim, Naturalism is not physicalism or materialism, and naturalization does not require physicalization or physical reduction. End quote. Some theists and even naturalists will, for some reason, define naturalism in a way that excludes consciousness from playing any role in fundamental reality, or really any significant or creative role at all. And I should mention that many naturalists don't do this, including physicalist naturalists. But this all seems very odd to me. On the part of naturalists, it seems like a bizarre and unnecessary concession. The concession is this. Consciousness is, in some important sense, not natural. That's the implication, isn't it? Why else would views which regard consciousness as fundamental be excluded from the naturalist camp unless consciousness isn't natural in some sense? As I'm sure you can guess by now, I find this suggestion patently absurd. Experience is our first and fundamental datum, whether we're naturalists or theists or anything else. Treating experience as a problem, or something to be explained away, is a tendency that I'll never understand and don't care to. But other naturalists feel differently. I would only ask that they don't exclude people like David Chalmers from the naturalist camp. As I mentioned, drawing a line in the sand when it comes to consciousness, a contentious and controversial area of study that's so far from settled, seems especially bizarre to me. Though, as I mentioned, many physicalist naturalists don't make this mistake. Sean Carroll, a prominent physicist and defender of naturalism, says, quote, Naturalism is a philosophy according to which there is only one world, the natural world, which exhibits unbroken patterns, the laws of nature, and which we can learn about through hypothesis testing and observation. In particular, there is no supernatural world, no gods, no spirits, no transcendent meanings. I like to talk about a particular approach to naturalism, which can be thought of as poetic. By that, I mean to emphasize that while there is only one world, there are many ways of talking about the world. Ways of talking shouldn't be underestimated. They can otherwise be labeled theories, or models, or vocabularies, or stories. And if a particular way of talking turns out to be sufficiently accurate and useful, the elements in its corresponding vocabulary deserve to be called real. End quote. Philosopher of religion Graham Oppie, in his book The Best Argument Against God, provides another useful definition. Quote, Naturalism says that causal reality is natural reality. The domain of causes is nothing more nor less than the natural world. Atheism says there are no gods, and naturalism entails atheism. If causal reality is natural reality, then there is no supernatural cause of natural reality, and in particular there is no God. But atheism does not entail naturalism. 
To deny that there are gods is not to insist that causal reality is natural reality. Supernaturalism says that causal reality outstrips natural reality. There are supernatural causes. This minimal conception of naturalism relies on a prior understanding of the distinction between the natural and the supernatural. We shall proceed on the assumption that we do understand this distinction well enough. If we come to have doubts about whether we do understand this distinction well enough, then we can return to give it more careful consideration. Minimal naturalism admits of elaboration in many different, mutually inconsistent ways. Any suitably elaborated naturalism will hold that some features of the natural world are primitive, not susceptible to further explanation, whereas other features of the natural world are fully explained in terms of those primitive features. Thus, for example, some naturalists suppose that all of the primitive features of the natural world are physical features, in other words, features that lie in the proper domain of the discipline of physics. Other naturalists suppose that there are features of the natural world that cannot be fully explained in terms of the fundamental physical properties. The key point is to note that all naturalists suppose that there are no supernatural causal properties. End quote. So in a moment I want to come back to one particular thing he said about having a prior understanding of the distinction between natural and supernatural. If I only had a minute to define naturalism and put some meat on the bones, I'd probably steal philosopher of mind Luke Roloff's answer in his book Combining Minds. Quote, By naturalism I mean the view that the world contains a single basic type of stuff, whose behavior is governed by a single set of simple, general laws, and that these laws are those revealed by science. The most common version of naturalism among contemporary philosophers is physicalism the view that the world is entirely made up of matter, and matter is exhaustively described by physics. But some philosophers reject physicalism, even while accepting naturalism, holding that matter is not exhaustively described by physics. There are fundamental aspects of matter that physics is blind to. In particular, they tend to say, there are certain things each of us can know about matter, such as that one particular portion of matter, the one between our ears, sometimes feels and thinks and experiences, which go beyond both what physics itself says and what can be deduced from any physical description, no matter how detailed. Because facts about my consciousness are left out by any purely physical description, these naturalistic anti-physicalists infer that consciousness must be itself a fundamental feature of reality, no more derivable from physical properties than mass is derivable from charge. What is the natural world anyway? My view is open-ended, but that's a feature, not a bug. The nature of nature is open-ended. I have my own views, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that anyone who doesn't conceive of nature in the exact way that I do isn't a naturalist. So if naturalism is the view that there's only the natural world, that leads to the question, what is the natural world? Here's how philosopher Galen Strawson fleshes out his naturalism. Quote, I'm a naturalist, an out-and-out naturalist, a philosophical or a metaphysical naturalist, a naturalist about concrete reality. I don't think anything supernatural or otherwise non-natural exists. 
You can't classify anything as supernatural or non-natural until you have a substantive conception of the natural in relation to which something can be classified as non-natural. I do have one. I take it that concrete reality, anything that exists in space-time, is entirely physical. End quote. He goes on to explain that the physical is experiential in its intrinsic character. Experience in the sense that any conscious creature is familiar with, by virtue of being a conscious creature. So for Strawson, physics is quite abstract. It tells us about the structure and behavior of the physical, but it doesn't tell us anything one way or the other about the concrete stuff that exemplifies the abstract, structural, behavioral description provided by physical science. Our mathematical physical models could be describing concrete non-experiential reality, but they could also be describing concrete experiential reality, of the kind with which we're directly familiar. So, for Strawson, naturalism means that there is only the natural world. The natural world is exhausted by the physical, and the physical itself is experience. The behavior of the physical is modeled by physical science. But the concrete reality which underlies that abstract description is experience. As you're no doubt aware, there are quite different ways of fleshing out naturalism. One could go with Strawson in saying that there's only the natural world, the natural world is exhausted by the physical, science uncovers the behavior of the physical, but the concrete nature of the physical is wholly non-experiential. That would be a more ordinary conception of physicalism. Yet another naturalist might say that there's only the natural world, the natural world is exhausted by the physical world, and the physical world is entirely characterized by structure and relations. Structure is all there is. The point is not that you have to agree with any of these shorthand accounts of the natural world. The point is to sketch out how naturalism can start with something simple like there is only the natural world, and work from there to a more elaborated, substantive worldview. And since I'm drawing frequent comparisons with theism, I'll point out that this exact progression is mirrored on the theistic side. Just as naturalists must give content to the natural world after defining their position as there is only the natural world, theists must give content to God after defining theism as God exists. There isn't much a theist can say in their attempt to elaborate theism and put some flesh on the bones that won't exclude vast numbers of other theists. God exists. He has attributes A and B, but not attributes C and D. His prophet was person X, but not person Y, and certainly not person Z, and so on and so forth. Theism, like naturalism, is a quite general term that functions more as a starting point. A lot of debates between atheists and theists don't really go into all the details of their worldview, The question is often, is there an omnipotent, omniscient, maximally good designer of nature? And by the way, that goes beyond the statement that God exists. Those are particular ideas about the nature of God. So, I'm sure the point that I've been making is not lost on you. There's a kind of parody between naturalism and theism. If theism is an acceptable term, then so is naturalism. If theism is not meaningless, then neither is naturalism. If it's okay to define theism as God exists, then it's okay to define naturalism as there is only the natural world.
As Appie explained earlier, naturalism entails atheism. And though some atheists are not naturalists, the two ideas are intimately connected. There's clearly no conflict between non-physicalism and the claim that God doesn't exist. There's a tradition of atheistic anti-physicalism, and I thought it'd be worth naming a few names. Thomas Nagel, Noam Chomsky, David Chalmers, Philip Goff, Peter Shursted Hughes, Bertrand Russell, Nietzsche, and Schopenhauer, to list a few. There's clearly no conflict between non-physicalism and the claim that God doesn't exist, nor is there a conflict between non-physicalism and the claim that there is only the natural world. However, many haven't bothered to entertain non-physicalism due to its sociological connotations. But non-physicalism is not an inherently religious viewpoint, nor is it inherently New Age or anti-naturalist. You can be an atheist and a naturalist while rejecting physicalism. In any event, I thought I'd include this as a footnote to the larger discussion. So earlier, Graham Oppie said that his minimal conception of naturalism relies on a prior understanding of the distinction between the natural and the supernatural. So I don't know much about philosophy of language, but lately I've found myself increasingly sympathetic to claims like, if we know how to use the term, it has meaning. Providing necessary and sufficient conditions for naturalism, in other words, providing a foolproof definition, just isn't required for the term to be meaningful, since that's not how words actually work. It's not how meaning actually works. It's certainly nice to have clear, necessary, and sufficient conditions that admit of no counterexamples or borderline cases, but this isn't actually needed for a concept to be meaningful. To quote William Lichen, Languages and linguistic entities are not bloodless, abstract objects that can be studied like specimens under a microscope. Rather, language takes the form of behavior, activity, specifically social practice. Sentences do not have lives of their own. The things we write on blackboards and the alleged propositions they express are fairly violent abstractions from the utterings performed by human beings in real-world contexts on particular occasions. Expressions are noises we make that have socially defined functional roles. There are appropriate occasions for using them, inappropriate occasions for using them, and appropriate responses. When we talk of their meanings, we mean the functions they characteristically perform in the context of our current social practices. End quote. I think most people have some sense of what counts as a natural thing and what counts as a supernatural thing. They have an idea of when to use the word natural and when it would be inappropriate. Rocks and electrons are obviously not supernatural. So if meaning is use, then natural is meaningful. From that point, we can go on to say a naturalist is one who believes there are only natural things. There are none but natural causes. Reality is exhausted by nature, and so on. So some version of use theory, or at least my limited and crude understanding of it, is not essential to my main contentions about naturalism. I'm attempting to substantiate how one might have, as Api put it, a prior understanding of the distinction between the natural and the supernatural. Which is relevant since, quote, 
all naturalists suppose that there are no supernatural causal properties. End quote. Some version of the use approach also seems to provide yet another path for elaborating a version of naturalism, or it can at least supplement one's efforts. So, if you've been keeping track, the naturalist has several potential options for fleshing out naturalism, beginning with a rather straightforward and uncomplicated definition. So, my conception of a naturalist is one who believes in only the natural world, that there are none but natural causes, that reality is exhausted by nature. But if you lead with something like that, everyone's brain will short-circuit since you use the word natural in the definition of naturalism. This is an irritating tendency since no one has a serious problem with words like theism, which is equivalent to godism. Godism is the view that God exists. If you don't have a problem with the term theism, I can't imagine what your problem would be with naturalism. Naturalism is the beginning of the story, not the end. So, Naturalism is the view that there is only the natural world. But what is the natural world? No one really knows, so it seems premature to give hard and fast, determinate answers and go on to say, this is the one true interpretation of naturalism. Like, go ahead and take a stab at answering the question, what is the natural world? But don't go on to declare your answer to be the one true form of naturalism. So there's always more to say about a topic like this, but I'm going to leave it there for now. So thank you for listening. I've been Emerson Green, and I'll talk to you next time.